Greetings, my friend. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. Hello and welcome to There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. This is episode 63. Today we'll be previewing the game between the Columbus Crew and the Vancouver Whitecaps taking place this Saturday. And today I'm joined by our co-host who's been missing for a couple weeks. We've been down in Mexico. Jay Duke, possibly with some Camilo news? No, we uh, had. A, I was keeping my out for the little bugger but didn't see him. Before we get to the Columbus-Vancouver game, they played the Voyagers Cup first leg semifinal against TFC and came out with a 2-1 loss on the road. They did get the away goal and they played a really relatively young squad. Jay, what were your thoughts about the game? Well, Robbo showed his hand by saying that he was going to, you know, play some youngsters and man, did he ever play some youngsters. I think it surprised even, even all of us who have been supporters of the residency just how much of a young squad that he put out there against the, the much vaunted hundred million dollar TFC squad. Uh, so it was really, it, it was a, a gutsy move on his part and seemed to have paid off. They got a result that they, that they will like. And they also showed pretty well. They were definitely the second best team on the pitch, but they weren't that far off. They looked like they were, were pretty comfortable at times. The worst part about the game was, uh, Christian Dean and Nigel Rio Coker, uh, not the young Canadian kids. And that was where we were seemed to be given up so much of our opportunities against. In a way, it's hard to blame him because he is playing out of position. He hasn't played a real game for five weeks or something like that. So Nigel Rio Coker definitely was the weakest point and it showed on the first goal with Jermaine Defoe scoring. Nigel essentially tried to Played the offside trap and he didn't do it. He didn't play through the through the whistle and it cost him a first goal. It's actually it was actually kind of comical too because if you watch it again, like it wasn't even close to offside. Uh, Nigel tried to step forward. Like wait, it was like three seconds too late. It was really terrible. Uh, but you're right. I mean, he was he's rusty. It's not his best position. Talking about the young Canadians, uh, not the ones under contract, but the two residency players that played, Marco Bustos and Keon's Froze, I think they both showed well. I think Keon's was a little bit better, showed he belonged there. I think it was more because he is more physically developed than Bustos, and I think that really was on display in this game. 
Yeah, there was a couple times where where Keon took the ball and had had one of those like charging runs forward that actually reminds reminded me of when Rio Coker would take the ball and burst through the midfield. Both of the guys did look a little bit hesitant at times, and uh, and both of them sometimes looked to make a, a pass when they should have had the confidence to have a go. But that's something that you kind of expect from a couple, you know, young kids playing their first minutes on a, on the professional side against a, an opponent that's at least on paper significantly better than you, way more experienced away from home. So all things considered, they both did all right. And you're right, Keon's was the looked the better of the two on the and, day. And Carducci, I think he he did he did re- reasonably well for a 17 year old in goal. It's one of the harder positions to play when you're young against veterans. He didn't seem to be grabbing the ball too much, but overall, I thought he did well. He did let that second goal in. Maybe he could have got faster to get down. I've seen him make that save before. But when you got a guy like Michael Bradley taking his shot, he's going to be much better than the residency people players that Carducci's facing overall yeah it's for all of them including Carducci it's the speed of the game right they 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 know what to do but everything's happening just that split second quicker and it's harder for them to make those decisions that split second quicker Uh, on the goal I mean he might have done better but quite frankly I didn't think it was that very well defended Bryce kind of let his man go a little bit and Michael Bradley had that storming run Leverone really didn't close down too tight on him. Would have been got, got, got a little bit, yeah. And so he he had way too much net to shoot at. So he he was kind of doing the right thing by by you know guarding that near post. Uh, but Leverone wasn't in a position to really force him that far wide. But they were good to get the goal back. They got the way goal. Um, it was a, Huge, by yeah. the two substitutes, Silgado and Mane. I think they came off the bench and provided something. That without a way goal is going to be big, and it could. It's potentially put them in the driver's seat. Completely agree. I thought Salgado looked very good coming on. I think he was exactly what we needed. Manny, I, I actually thought Manny gave was a little bit reckless with the ball. He gave the ball away quite a bit, but then like Manny, all he needs is just a half an opportunity and, and the kid's going to score or do something magical. So what a huge goal that is. And, and that puts us in a, in, I, I won't say a comfortable position, but something we'll be happy to take back to BC place. Yeah, especially where they were coming from with this lineup. Nobody expected that at all. One question I have is we talked about a uh, real Coker. It seemed like he didn't even care at all at one point, a couple points there. Like he was so nonchalant playing right back. He wasn't going for tackle here and there. Beta Shore is leaving after the Columbus game, 30 man roster for the Voyagers cup. Would it have been good for to put Benishor on that lineup and maybe have him just for that one game? Would it have been worth it? Maybe he prevents that default goal and then ends up in a 1-1 draw instead. So, you know, and maybe he provides something going forward as well. It, it's, it's, I know it's a lot of coulda, woulda, shouldas, but would it have been better in your opinion? Yeah, it's hard to say. I, I agree with you. I would have liked to have him back there. And I mean, really, if you're the Whitecaps, who cares if he gets tired playing three games in, in a week because, you know, he's going he's gonna to leave yeah. afterwards. So it, it might have been smart to, to have him on the lineup for that game. Whether or not Rio Coker cared, it's hard It's hard to say. It, he did look like Miller, um, you know, on the last couple games where he was also just a little bit a step or two behind. Cautious, basically. We'll, Cautious. Talk, about, we'll talk about Miller in a bit yeah, here. But, uh, but it, it, you know, maybe it's a fitness thing too. He he hasn't looked fit all year. And I, I just wonder if he's still having problems after the concussion getting back into game speed. 
So that's enough of our thoughts on the game. Here is the thoughts of head coach Carl Robinson, who made the bold decision to start the youngsters and what he thought about the youngsters in this match. I think if you've seen uh, throughout the season so far in the, in the first nine games of Major League Soccer, we don't give up. I've, I've managed to instill a culture in there, and that's credit to the guys uh, in the dressing room that we have a never-say-die attitude. Obviously, it comes with an energy and a youthfulness of young players, um, but it's credit to them. It, it really is. And you know, I think we warranted something at the, at, out of the game at the end of it. I really did, and on, on our second-half performance. And... No, it's. I'm delighted with them. I'm really, really proud of the boys in there today because we had a young, we had a young team. Like I said before, it was younger than young, you know. But I wanted to give players opportunities because, you know, if you're a senior player, you've been in that boat and you just wait for that chance. And I think today, a lot of my young players grabbed their opportunity. And my young guys, no one expected nothing of us. So I said, go out there and play with a free, free mind, passable. I want us to instill that culture within the football club. Um, but enjoy yourself, play with a smile, and I think they certainly did that. Listen, we, we were always going to be under pressure because they've got some good players. They really have. And, you know, the, the young group managed to handle it well. You know, obviously, Marco, 17 years of age in goal. And, you know, they're playing straight balls with a big team. You know, they've got a big team, Caldwell and Daniel and Gilberto. So they put him under pressure. But I think after the first four or five minutes, he handled it very well and he got stronger. But, you know, we're talking about a future Canadian goalkeeper. He's absolutely fantastic. I know what these players can do. I see him daily. I saw him last year when I was a, an assistant coach. And I wanted to give them chances because how do you find out when they're ready? Well, you find out when they're ready, when you give them the opportunity. Uh, and I'm delighted they played a strong team today, Toronto, because that's the level of marker we need to get to. Yes, we need to learn. You know, you see Michael Bradley's running power in the last 89th minute. You know, we need to learn from that. We need You see Jermaine Defoe's finish in the first half. Excellent. But, you know, we're talking about top level players there and they got to play against that today. So that was Carl Robinson and his thoughts on uh, Wednesday's match against TSC. Now, normally on a preview show, we interview a guest that covers their upcoming opponent. But unfortunately, because there's been the TFC game and then some news in the the Kenny Miller news, we're actually going to skip it this week and we're just going to talk about Kenny Miller and some other stuff that's going on in Whitecaps land. Just after the last week's win over San Jose, there was big news coming out of the Whitecaps camp. The release or termination of contract, mutual termination, however you want to put it, of Kenny Miller. It was big news. The Everybody kind of, we all constantly talked about Kenny Miller. Is he coming back? None of us really thought he was going to, but it was a surprise that it happened so suddenly and out of the blue. What were your initial thoughts when you heard that Kenny Miller was being let go? Well, I was, I was a little surprised, but only by the timing more than anything. I, I thought he would go to the end of his contract. Uh, you know, at, at the beginning of the year, I thought, ah, they'll, they'll re-sign him and they'll, they'll keep him to the end of the year. And then as the days went by, you had to think if it wasn't getting done, it wasn't going to happen. And, and I think, you know, like you said, we all thought, well, it's not going to happen. He's not going to extend his contract, which I think is, is probably the right decision. Other than the fact, I, I think it's not ideal to have players signing contracts halfway through a season. But uh, I was a little surprised that it terminated early, but I understand why, especially after seeing him the last couple games where he, like we said with Nigel Rio Coker, he, he looked like he was just really not interested. He was already on summer vacation, yeah. basically. Which it, and for Kenny Miller, the thing that uh, you know, you'll give Kenny Miller is he's always been really classy with yeah. us. So 
you, he's always put out that that good effort. Every game that he's been put out there, whether he's happy or not, he's put out a real good effort. So it was pretty odd. So it might be the right decision. And, and you and you got to think that maybe Kenny Miller went to Carl Robinson and said that you know what, I wish I could, but I can't really put out a full effort uh, because of the fact that I'm not under contract, you're not renewing my contract. I and maybe he was honest with him and said that you know I can't do this, and that's why Carl Robinson let him go at that point because there were a couple of times in training even that. They were doing a scrimmage and Kenny Miller was basically pulled off onto the side, even though he played in the following game. So there were, there could have been signs there that, you know, this was going to end sooner than rather than later. The reasons obviously are, there are some, obviously the contract is the big one. A little bit to the end of there was a little bit playing time too, but I think the major reason was family. His wife did not enjoy, not, not that she hated Vancouver, but she was obviously homesick, clearly homesick by the, the tweets she sent. And, and wanted to get back to Scotland or England or wherever. Well, I mean, those are the three main reasons that players consider, right? Their family, uh, whether or not they're happy where they are, for one, the whether or not they're getting playing time and whether or not they're getting enough money. And all three of those things were less than ideal yeah. for Kenny Miller. But so, I, think, I think Kenny was getting the playing time. It was just recently that it, the playing time really cut back. I think the, he probably saw that he, it might, he, he might be limited throughout yeah. the rest of the, the year. And, and you have to think that he probably only has one contract left in his career, yeah. right? And so he's probably only got another year or two left in, on, on his legs. And so, Maybe he wants the chance now. He doesn't want to get injured on the turf. He wants to to get out and sign a contract somewhere. I, I sort of understand that. What do you think about his legacy as a DP? Like there was a lot of talk about. There was a couple articles, and I don't remember which uh, publications put him out, but there was talk that the designated players the Whitecaps have had have been all failures. Now I'm not gonna. I I, I don't think they've all been failures. Maybe I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little bit here. I don't think they've all been failures. I think there definitely been. Like the Jarju, which was probably the worst DP signing, I think everybody can, would say. But I think like Eric Hassey for what he brought in that first year, the excitement, I think he was worthwhile. I think Kenny Miller after that half, the first half year, I think he, last year he was a very decent second choice striker uh, or, you know, a complimentary goal scorer to what Camilo offered. And then this year, I think while Maddox and Mane were getting into form, he provided some important goals for us this year. Yeah, it's going to be interesting that, you know, the, the whole legacy thing is usually not something you can see the day the guy leaves. It's going to be and, two or three years and, from now. And maybe legacy is a little harsh word because you've only been here for like yeah. two years. So maybe then, maybe tone it down a little bit with legacy, but oh, you, like basically what he provided for the caps. I agree. I mean, was, was he overpaid? Probably a little bit. Like that's, you would, you maybe hope for a little more, but he, it's the intangibles that, that, that Kenny Miller provided that made up for that lack of of actual goal scoring totals i think he did fairly well for the club he provided a if nothing else he he really seemed to provide that that experience that leadership the the mentorship to some of the younger strikers that the younger forwards we have on the team and this is how you do it fellas this is how you deal with the media this is how you deal with being selected or not being selected on game day so we don't know how it all worked out now, but hopefully in the future we'll see the young kids will will have learned something. Yeah, I totally agree with that. That he, he definitely we won't see the the immediate effects of that, and we, nobody will probably even attribute what Kelly Miller provided on the on the training pitch in the dressing room because it's it's hard to measure that kind of stuff. And exactly. so that's definitely important. Now another guy who we talked about in the TFC roundup was Nigel Coker. 
He's another guy who a lot of people are saying isn't going to be with the Whitecaps long. He didn't seem interested in the game. We, we were talking about that uh, this off-air. The money that we're going to save from Rio Coker, I think the Miller one will be basically provided to another striker. I think they're probably looking for a striker to bring in, whether it's DP or just under DP. The money that Rio Coker is being paid, 400000 for sitting on the bench, essentially being a third or fourth choice holding midfielder, that can be split up and spent somewhere else. And you were mentioning that the position that they really need right now, where he played on t- on Wednesday. Yeah, I I mean, there's still a couple days left and wouldn't be surprised to see the Whitecaps find a right back. They, they need it. I mean, we knew that going in and now with Ethan Sampson, not your your most ideal candidate for, for a backup that has to play quite a few games in a row here, potentially. Now he's injured and now so we it would be smart business on the Whitecaps part to go out and, and find a right back to play. Yeah, and, and there was talk on the post-game show with Pichiat and David Norman that they, they were mentioning it and I, maybe I misheard it, but that there were four or five MLS teams interested in him. So maybe there could be an internal trade and they could pick up something for him and just get a decent right back to play while they're waiting for Bettishore to come back and not having to force Samson into a position where he might not be comfortable being in. And if there is, we don't really know what's going on between the, between Robinson and Rio Coker or the club or, or what it is. But if things are really bad, if Rio Coker is really not happy, maybe it's addition by subtraction and maybe you just want to get rid of them for anything. Get, get a, you know, second round super draft pick and some allocation funds or something like that and, you know, get rid of them. If that's what it takes now, who knows what his contract language is. And maybe there's a no movement clause or something like that that could throw a wrench in the works as well. But certainly it doesn't look good for Rio Coker at this point. And finally, the other veteran who was in the news this week, Jay Demerit. Uh, do we really want party to animal? Yes, uh, I, I, I don't know what to say. Like, I, I guess that me, a lot of people are, are jumping to his defense, a lot of neighbors. So maybe it was a couple of people who were just got up on the wrong side of the bed and decided to call the cops or go to the newspapers. And they were just fed up with the, they couldn't handle the noise. I don't know. They don't call it the no fun city for nothing. Exactly. Uh, but uh, my only concern is that just as long as he doesn't come hung over to training, I think it should be fine. And he can party all he wants to Saturday night. Yeah. Go to town, Jay. Exactly. Yeah. As long as it's not during the weekdays and before. I agree. Training. I think it's a bit of a non-story. So before we jump into the, Preview of the upcoming match. Here are thoughts from Jay Demerit and Andy Ryan. Columbus is a, is kind of a sleeping giant at the moment. They, they, they've picked up some good wins, uh, and they've had very close games in a, in a lot of their games. So uh, they're definitely someone we have to prepare for. Someone we have to, uh, you know, of course, watch the tapes and, and figure out, uh, uh, you know, where we can hurt them. Uh, offensively, they're they're a fairly powerful team. That they got Tiguan who can uh, who can hurt you in, in many different ways. So we got to make sure that. Uh, uh, we're affecting him in, in, the, in the way he moves throughout the game. So, you know, there, there's always a, a, a challenge and another good team that we got to face. So uh, we're looking forward to it and uh, um, hopefully picking up another three points in the league. We, um, we played them obviously last year and uh, they're, they're a good side. I think everybody's sort of trying to find their feet at the minute. Um, there's a lot of games to be played yet. And, um, you know, as you've seen sort of with Seattle, they, they had a bit of a quiet start and you know they've got the potential to go on a good run and uh, you know Columbus and, and ourselves and every team has that potential we've got to try and pick up points away from home which is a notoriously difficult thing to do but um, yeah we're looking forward to going there. 
So those were the thoughts of our two, the two veteran center backs that most likely I think we're leaning towards a starting this weekend, even, even though some people might say undeservedly, at least one of them. But the game overall, Jay, where do you see, what, what do you, Vancouver need to do to keep this momentum up of, you know, from last week? Obviously it was, it's going to be a different team that played in the midweek game against TFC. Well, if I'm honest, and there's a bunch of teams that I decide I want to keep an eye on, Columbus is never one high on my priority list. Yeah. Um, that that being said, I actually don't think they're all that terrible this year, from what I've seen and and what I've heard. They started, yeah, they started the season off with three straight wins. Yeah, and right. especially that impressive win over Seattle at, mm-hmm. at in, in Seattle, that was a big one. Right, but then they kind of slipped a little bit. Yeah, um, they only have they, in their last six games they haven't won and they have three losses and three draws. However, uh, they've actually looked pretty decent in some of those games, out possessing, out passing, out shooting most of their opponents, which can happen due to store, score effects. But you have to think uh, eventually, like the uh, even the game against their last game against Houston, just on Wednesday. Um, they, they otherwise beat them in pretty much every category except for on the scoreboard. So yeah, it's finishing essentially right now is what they're, they're missing. having problems scoring, which, yeah. uh, is a bit worrisome because they have some guys who can score, uh, especially Federico Higuain. Yeah. He's, he's definitely the one of the top. I, I personally think I like, I like him a lot. He's one of the top players in MLS Completely for me. Completely agree. He's a guy that you have to, you can't give him too much space near the box. He will burn you whether it's with a pass or a shot. You have to push him deeper in the midfield where he won't be a danger to you and let him handle the ball around the, you know, the mid middle third and not trying to push the ball forward because he can, with his passes, he can essentially burn you because they got, they got guys that get with speed that can, that, that can beat you on the ball. Like, yeah. like a, a guy like Adoro. Absolutely. Especially with, with some, a couple of aging center backs. Back there, I'm sure a guy like Oduro would would love to be bearing down on on diagonal balls put in by Higuain. So they're they're it's going to be important for for Laba, Kofi, whoever it ends up being, both of them in the middle of the park to really shut down that area on top in front of the box. Now, one one of the guys who I, I th- that I think they will be missing this year is is a guy like Chad Marshall. The two def- center backs they have uh, Gonzalez and Parkers. These guys don't seem to have the physical presence that Chad Marshall has. I think the and it might play into favor for the Whitecaps because the Whitecaps don't really have a physical presence up front unless, like you said, like you were saying, mentioned before, they might start Salgado this weekend. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I I I wouldn't mind seeing Salgado start. It depends on his fitness and whether or not he's integrated back into the team and is comfortable with with the the other players. And like you said, I I was actually a fan of Marshall. I thought that was a pretty smart pickup by Seattle. It seems to be working for them. So it'll be interesting to see if if Salgado gets the start, if if he can do some damage against those two. Because against the TFC game, he basically... He really gave Daniel Henry quite a bit of fits, especially much more than Hurtado provided. for the first time. Yeah. yeah, Hurtado, who didn't really have a great game, uh, perhaps not so much his fault. Yeah. Um, it, it was wasn't even close. Daniel Henry was absolutely dominating him all game. So yeah. but, uh, Salgado but, but, looked very bright when yeah. he came in. He was strong, uh, held the ball well, but he he also would would bring in his his teammates and he played out wide he, he looked really good i'd like to see him start 
Another guy that uh, I'm curious to see is Morales. He's been he didn't real he he had a, a great game against uh, San Jose, but uh, his fitness is becoming a bit of an issue. I don't know if it's a niggling injury or if this is going to be a constant thing that he just doesn't have the stamina that that you might need. So I I'm, I wonder if he'll start. Uh, I think he will, and and uh, I'd like to see how he comes out and whether or not he has a whether or not he has a spring in his step. Yeah, because he's been a guy who's had one fantastic game, and then yeah. he's he tapers off a little bit, then he comes back a little bit higher, then he completely falls off the map. So it seems like, I don't know if it's a fitness issue or he's just not used to the game or the travel. And that's one thing we have to mention, too, the travel. He Now, a lot of these guys like Fernandez, Mesquita... Morales are not used to traveling this quickly and in, in such in such big distances. And with Morales, I don't know if it's because of him or or not. But when when other players are having good games and requiring attention, whether it be Fernandez or Mane or hopefully this game somebody like Sir Salgado or Hurtado, if they're creating space uh, and giving the defense fits. It allows Morales a little more space and time, and he can find some areas to to really uh, oppo- punish opposing teams. So I think that'll be a key too. If somebody else can can really bring some attack. The funny thing about Columbus too is that they have are not really they really haven't taken advantage of their home field. Yeah, and you know they'll be they'll be really looking to bounce back because they have had such a bad string of form lately. So if the Whitecaps are able to uh, pop one in early, you know, 20 minutes in or something like that, it might even make Columbus tense up a little bit and make it even harder for them to to uh, break down the Whitecaps. So what do you think about their – let's look at the lineup, what we think. I think obviously we're going to think Osa is in goal. That's an obvious one. Yeah. Uh, the back line, Harvey and Bettishore return because Bettishore definitely has to play because he's his last game essentially. So yeah. he's not going to hold him back for that. Harvey's back at left back. Andy O'Brien, do you think Jay Demerit's in there because Johnny Leveron played on the weekend? I mean, weekday is was that you think the plan all along? Yeah, I think so. I I think that they that uh, Robinson probably had uh, his his starters penciled in for this as well. Uh, so it was it's going to be Jay Demerit in there on Saturday. Uh, I don't have a a problem with that per se, especially because. Uh, although they didn't do too poorly, Johnny Leveron didn't exactly cover himself in glory uh, on Wednesday, so it's got to be Jada Merritt. Now, the guys that the obviously the holding midfielders, I think, re- return from the San Jose game. That's Lava and Kofi. I think they do play a four-two-three-one again, just because there's f- fewer options up front for them now. I think Morales starts in the middle because they need somebody to provide some experience or you know some creativity up front. I think the three guys that are going to start as their main attackers, I think, are the the one guy that got substituted off and the two guys that got substituted on. I think Fernandez and Mane play out wide. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. Mane has been in form. Might as well give him another game and see if uh, he can keep it going. Now, the striker, we were going back and forth on this one, and we, we did a, just earlier too. There's a choice of either Hurtado or Salgado because Maddox is out, Miller's released. Unless you're going to put Mandy up top and put Tybert at one of the wing spots or Hurtado. Who do you think out of the two, Hurtado or Salgado? Because you got 
a couple of center backs who aren't as physical. So is it better to get a, like a more physical player up there? You know my opinion on Hurtado. I've, yeah, I've never been a, a huge fan of his. So <laughs> we I'm, should even debated this. <laughs> yeah, I, you, why are you asking me this question? I, I'm gonna pick Salgado every day. The only question is is fitness. Um, well, I, he's played in Carolina. He started a few games, so I don't think fitness is gonna be a huge issue. I think he, whoever the striker is is gonna be substituted off some point during it, the game. Exactly. Anyways, so yeah. that's what I think we'll probably see. Is is I, I would like to see. Um, and I, you know what? I, I even think we'll see it. I think we'll see Salgado start the game up top. Uh, I agree. Mane is probably on the wing. Fernandez as well. And especially because Mesquita played big minutes on, on Wednesday, uh, you're going to see Morales, uh, start in the middle of the park. So those are our thoughts on the match against Columbus. Now we throw it over to Michael McCall and his dog Predictor Pooch, who will go through their thoughts. Well, at least one person's thoughts. Pretty who just picks a toy, essentially, in a segment called Trio Time. Trio. Too loud. Trio. I said that was too I loud. I want a trio and I want one now. Yeah, well, we all do, man, but listen. Not one, not two, I mean, but three things in it. Listen, could you just cool not it? Not one, not two. No three things are quite as good together as a trio. If you had to pick what was probably Vancouver's most unfashionable opponent over the course of the season, it would be Columbus Crew. It's not exactly a a game that kind of gets the juices flowing, but it's an important one for the Whitecaps. They're still trying to get their first road win of the season. If they can at least get that in the bank, it might stop Martin Rennie going on about he's the only manager so far to have gotten a way win for the Whitecaps. And to do that, I'm going to look at three things that are going to be important in this game. The first one is glaringly obvious for anyone that knows about these two teams. The Whitecaps have to stop Federico Higuain. And for me, it's a matchup of Argentine versus Argentine. A lot's going to be expected of Laba to do that. He kind of has to be physical, win this battle against his countrymen and really take him out of the game. Higuain currently leads Columbus in both goals and is tied on assists as well. So you take him out of the game, you do that and you're removing one of the biggest threats that Columbus has. Now I also think it's going to be important as to behind Lava. You're going to have two old centre-backs playing. I know I'll keep going on about this. I'm a huge fan of Andy O'Brien. He's probably my favourite player on the Whitecaps right now. If I was going to get a a strip made up with a player's name on it, I think I would probably go with O'Brien. It looks like he's going to be partnered again with Demerit. And Demerit just has to do so much better than he did last week. He had a hand in both of the goals. You could maybe say it's a little bit unfair to to blame him for the deflection on the second. But there were some mistakes in the build-up to that as well. Demerit has to be strong. He has to be really on his game. He's kind of getting down to last chance saloon. But the only thing with that is the other guys that are pushing him. Leveron, Mitchell, even Christian Dean. None of them are doing enough so far to kind of take that position away from him. So will they do enough to take it or will Demerit continue to do enough to get it actually taken away from him on his efforts? And my final key point of this is stepping up to replace Darren Mattox and Kenny Miller. Both their absences are going to be a huge loss for Vancouver and somebody needs to step up to the plate. Someone needs to claim this starting spot. Will it be Kinkutamani? Will it be Omar Salgado? Will it be both of them? Somebody though has to step up to the plate and say, hey look, 
I'm the main guy for the Whitecaps now. I'm the guy that's going to be getting the goals. A lot has been made that Kikuta Mani's best position is as an out-and-out striker. And I think we'll see, if he gets that nod against Columbus, exactly what he can do. Can he still go the full 90 minutes? We don't know. But if Salgado doesn't start, he's on the bench to come and take over from him. Could be an exciting prospect. So now it's time for another Predict-a-Pooch. And here comes Predict-a-Pooch now. Now, poor old Predict-a-Pooch is on a bit of a bad run. He just cannot seem to predict the right result. That's three in a row now that it's not gone well for him. He's kind of like the Toronto FC of the dog predicting world. So we're going to change it up a little bit this week. I think he's kind of had enough of the balls. So now we're going to throw the toys like we did at the start of this season. So he's avidly looking at them in my hand here. So what we've got is a rabbit, a white rabbit, a white polar bear, and a brown donkey. So we're going to throw these now. If he brings the rabbit back, then that is going to be a Columbus win. If he brings back the donkey, that is going to be a draw. He'd be an ass to do that. And if he brings back the polar bear, that's going to be a Whitecaps win. Because as everyone knows, in Canada, there's just polar bears rolling around everywhere. So let's get this going. Are you ready, Predictor Pooch? On your marks. Get set. Bring back some kind of animal. So he's running up the hallway. He's gone for the rabbit right away. But then he saw the polar bear and he's really not sure what he wants to bring. Come on, Predictor Pooch. Bring one to me. Oh, he's brought the rabbit. He's still on that pessimistic streak. He's going for a Columbus Crew win. Will he be right? Will he break that horrible streak that he's on? Kind of hope he doesn't, but kind of hope he does. So until next time, it's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from Predictor Pooch. So that was Trio Time with Predictor Pooch, who, who predicts a Whitecaps loss. Now before we get to our own predictions on the Whitecaps match, let's go to... What match interests us outside of Vancouver and Columbus? Jay, what game did you select this week? I'm going for Schadenfreude, and I am interested in watching Montreal. Would probably have a tough time in the VMSL this year. (laughs) And they're going up against what is a uh, fairly competent sporting Kansas City team, especially coming off the heels of... Montreal losing uh, in Edmonton to the the Eddies on Wednesday. Yeah, it was basically the Edmonton's first win against MLS, MLS <laughs> yeah. Company. Everybody yeah. was going on in the last few years about Vancouver just you know barely be able to beat them, and now here Montreal loses. And I actually even think that the Edmonton hasn't won yet in their league this year. I believe as well. I haven't checked that out, but you so, could be right. Uh, I thought I heard something like that. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong with that. But uh, either way, the hapless Eddies have managed to slay the mighty uh, impact on the win- on Wednesday. And now they get to go in and play against Sporting Kansas City. Now, Montreal is coming off a win. They, two weeks ago, they beat Philadelphia in a barber. They are, yeah, <laughs> 1-0. I, um, I only saw bits and pieces of the game, but uh, what I did see, it looked like a whole bunch of... Uh, it looked like... Uh, Montreal scored early and then was pummeled for the rest of the game. And just lucky not to concede. Yeah, so uh, I think that's 
I, I'm going to enjoy watching Montreal get their rears handed to them by Sporting Kansas City. Yeah, luckily for them, they're not uh, playing on the road because they're a really horrible team on the road. They're only they have a goal differential of minus six, but at home it's just they're just um, still bad. It's a minus one, <laughs> yeah. but still and. But you know, the, the, who knows what they could do? They might be able to turn around, but I don't Watch think it, it's the, now be, next game they're going to just absolutely thump Sporting Kansas City, and we're going to look like fools. Well, I don't see that happening because they lost to them at, on the road at four nothing, and that's the main reason why they're minus six right now. So it, it's their second uh, return game, and let's see what Montreal can do. Now, getting back to the Vancouver Columbus game, what is your prediction for this match? I've been pretty good this year about about being I've been pretty optimistic about the Whitecaps and I've usually been been betting on results. However, I I think that that Columbus probably is due a result. I think that that I'm not still I'm not very confident in our in our ability to keep the ball out of the net and uh I could see them breaking the schneid and scoring a goal or two and I think there might be a bit of a letdown after what's been a couple good games. I'm going to go with a Columbus victory, one nothing. I think it's. I think Columbus is still, while they are a, a better team than last year, I think they're still struggling to find that goal, those goals. I don't think they're going to solve it against the Whitecaps. I really like Matias Lava and Kofi, and I think they can really harass Iguin in this game. I think it, I think they will score a goal, but I think it's a one-one draw. Before we sign off here, Jay, where can we find you online? I am at J-A-Y underscore Duke on Twitter, and I'm writing for AFTN Canada. As do I, write for AFTN Canada, and you can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. So for Jay Duke, Michael McCall, and Predictor Pooch, my name is Steve Pander. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the match. When you're listening in some far-flung corner of the globe to the world service of a Saturday afternoon, crackly reception, interference, cosy, marvellous. Somehow comforting, isn't it? You know, legendary names, fathers and sons on the terraces, cheesy peas at half-time, pipe for dad, mum's at home making the tea. Oh, everything's all right with the world, isn't it? Saturday afternoon is football. Hmm?